Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Is It Normal with me, Jessie Ware. This episode will focus on yoga during pregnancy. We touched on this in episode three, weeks eight to ten, with our regular obstetrician, Jess McMicking, who talked about how important it is to exercise in pregnancy, but to be mindful of a few things like raising your temperature too much and contact sports. We have another bonus episode focusing on more high-intensity training with Peloton extraordinaire and ultramarathon runner Robin Arzen. However, I thought it was really important to talk about the importance of yoga. And I'm very lucky that I am able to be joined by yoga teacher, my yoga teacher, who has helped me through two pregnancies before and is helping me with the third one, albeit virtually yoga teacher Anne Collins Ackroyd and teaches antenatal and postnatal yoga and she holds preparing for birth workshops where partners are encouraged to get involved welcome to the podcast Anne thank you lovely to see you always lovely to see you and I will never forget <laughs> your classes held in Clapton and me always coming coming in rushing through ready to chat 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 and actually you just like slowing me down and making me just go into kind of more goddess pregnancy mode even though I do love Anatta with you um so Anne you are a yoga teacher and you love working with pregnant bodies and baby like that's your that's your shtick isn't it you absolutely love it yeah it really is it's a fantastic thing to do first of all I mean amazing time in your life I I suppose I do it because I was lucky enough to have an amazing woman who I went to yoga with a woman called Jessica James actually lives in Stoke Newton she's now retired and she also worked with the um NCT and then went on and just developed her own thing and she was at my um son's birth which second birth my, my son was my second baby at home but yeah I just see it's a really great because it, it teaches you the the breathing it, it brings you into the body so that you're away from your you know um brain too much you don't want to intellectualize labor so the more that you can kind of get into the yoga the better because you just then start that process of getting into the body what what's been interesting with me being um a student of yours is that it's not like we're doing full-on vinyasas and you know it's it's actually incredibly gentle pregnancy yoga so some yogis may be like oh 
this isn't cutting it for me because I'm not like, I mean, it's not Bikram, but there is something so centering about it. So can you explain what pregnancy yoga offers that is different to a kind of usual yoga class? Yeah, I suppose it's really different because you want to prepare the body to be really strong so that you can labour and also carry that baby. And as the, as the baby gets bigger for the skeleton to also adapt and to have the strength to support you and the baby and then also too you um you can get too strong i was really super fit for my first bubba ella who's now 32 and i mm. took a long had a really long first stage and um and many ashtanga teachers who i know who also now teach pregnancy yoga talk about you know if your pelvic floor is too tight you just take so much longer to open up so the whole idea of the pregnancy yoga, that kind of real sense of bringing the strength to it because you need it and you need for the labor, you need that kind of long distance marathon running attitude. Mm. But you also need to be able to yield and to soften and to open and to let go and also not to not to be intellectual. I mean, Ina May in her book talks about the monkey brain. You know, you've got to get, get prime, primate gorilla whatever you want to call it but yeah so and 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 I think the longer that women kind of get that then they almost they don't even know they're getting it and then when labor arises that they kind of somehow I think women then understand what the yoga's been about and some of those primal kind of movements and sounds that you encourage there's a few ones that I mean you could kind of explain on here I guess because it could be oral like audibly I mean <laughs> can you do a lion's breath for everybody, please. Can I now. do a lion's breath? That... <laughs> <laughs> but just... Imagine if you're saying, what's that? But you're just going. <laughs> <laughs> but also that real thing. And that's why it's lovely doing it with women. And initially, you know, you can feel the room kind of going, what is she talking about? You know, and you're getting them all to go, <laughs> oh, you know. So, and if you're like, you're sitting on the toilet and you're having a really nice crap, if you want to do that and make a lot of noise, it's also very helpful. It's the same kind of thing. And then the, there's a neural connection between our mouth and our vagina. So, you know, you want to go. And that's another really good way also of just relaxing. And so women just kind of learning these processes it just enables them. And yeah, getting noisy and you don't even have to get noisy. You might just keep it really quiet and just breathe out through mm. the mouth. So it's just kind of giving them skills or giving you skills to kind of be how you want to be in your labor and, and not have kind of preconceptions. And I think also too, you're also trying to, a lot of women come to labor with this um, sense of fear. You know, it's a big journey. Mm. We've never been on it before. It's very powerful. Um, both my pregnancies were painful. Um, I, I know women that have had very little pain in labor, but that's very few of them. And it's the first time your body's done it. So having all these amazing tools and noise and sound and breath is just one of them that supports you. And I also think that it's something about that. I mean, it's been really hard in the last few, like in the last year yeah, or so. Yeah. But that sense of community and communication and that support network yeah. amongst women and pregnant people that can come from these open discussions. I mean, you start your class 
with us all in a circle. Can you explain a bit more about that and why you think that's beneficial? So I start the class with everyone sitting quietly and we just close our eyes and I always give everyone a mantra. So it might be, you know, inhale, open, exhale, out, and you go through that. Or you might introduce inhale, let, exhale, go. So it's this quality, again, of just... You know, that then they have these mantras, they might be going through a really powerful contraction and suddenly this, ah, open out might come back. Might not, but, you know, there's a quality that you've embedded stuff into your brain and hopefully it arises when you come into labor. But yeah, the, the, the point of just arriving and coming into your body, connecting with your breath, and even if you don't kind of get the mantra, it doesn't really matter, but you just come into the body and you settle and you feel your skeleton and you feel your skin and you feel that baby in your belly and you just be present with that for an hour, an hour and a half. You know, it's just a really special thing to do because we're so busy now and people are just running around all over the place and it's, yeah, it's just a really nice way. And then from there, then they're kind of, then you're grounded and then you can start this process of class. And I always tend to do seated kneeling noises moving and then we go up to standing and then we come down and get quiet and do pelvic floor which is some people don't like pelvic floor being done but I think it's really important and then meditation and then relaxing yeah you know we yes the relaxing bit is the best you kind of feel like you're the baby in the womb <laughs> and you don't actually want to wake up yeah, well, that's and you lovely. do do a vis- visualization which is fantastic which we'll talk about in one second but let's talk about pelvic floor for a second yes. because some people may not relate pelvic floor to exercise yeah and yoga yeah and you know, even you just saying it makes me have to do a little, like I'm now trying to do my pelvic floor because it's a constant reminder that you kind of avoid because it's inconvenient and a bit boring, well, isn't it? It is really. But what is the importance of, yeah, and like that, that kind of training those muscles during yoga? It's just trying to work with them gently. So, um, you, you know, you might squeeze the anus, you might squeeze your urethra and vagina, but you're just kind of gently, and it's never tight, it's never rigid, but it's really important to do it because... What's the, I like to emphasize that you, you gently squeeze, but then it's the the exhale that you so you get very neural connection between brain and vagina, just as you exhale that it relaxes. And then postnatally, you can be more active in the, the lifting and the energizing and building those muscles back up. But I also just think if you've got that ex that immediate <clears throat> response of the exhale and yielding, then labor then hopefully it'll open up but it's a again this lovely balance between strength and softness as i said Mm. earlier if you're too strong in the pelvic floor it just takes longer and you so you want and it's a it's such an incredible muscle and you know if um ina may talks about it in her book really beautifully about the pelvic floor uh, in the sense of, you know, you, you should actually really, I mean, in labor, this is for labor, that it's like, it's like having a really good sex. It's, you know, it's that real sense of the, the vagina engorges and, and then post, post-sex, post-baby, it softens back. And, and that's kind of what's happening with when you're in labor, you know, the, the cervix has to open up and the vagina has to expand, become really juicy so that the baby can, can come out. So it's that, that whole idea of just, that it's beautifully 
vibrant but not too strong but also prepared to open and but it's more about the breath again that you know you have instinctively that you soften on the exhale um moving on to visualization we've kind of touched on it but how important is visualization during labor and can you explain for people that don't know what visualization is a little bit what visualization is well visualization if it's they've done a lot of research on visualization that sense of opening up and it's it's um and also healing um but visualization is just if you have all of that in your brain and your body and you're kind of aware of what's happening first stage where you know the the uterine wall is helping lift the cervix and you're visualizing that and you're you're working with that process of the the cervix opening up as baby descends and there's work um scientific work that says that you know if you visualize that then your your body your muscles take that on board and the, and and opens up and it's just a very positive thing to do it's that real and it's again that sense of self-belief that you can do this i can do this my body is going to open up and it's going to be amazing and i just step back from you know if you start to kind of worry and you start to get very cerebral and you start to intellectualize it then it all just so that thing of just understanding that you're visualizing it opening and it will get there i read a beautiful another lovely amazing book but um breath work on the on the golden thread and this woman had she talks about how she developed this breath work because she was a yoga teacher and she, she said that she was just had this really long 24 hours of labor and the midwife said okay i'm going home but she just kept this breath going this golden thread just disappearing off into the distance and then she came into this real trance-like state and that translate state just helps, you know, the, the body just kind of go, okay, everything's safe. This might be taking a long time, but we're still producing the relaxin. We're still producing the oxytocin. We're still producing all the, this wonderful endorphins, that, that natural, you know, anesthetics. And it just, so visualization is really powerful. The minute we start to go down a route of, oh, I can't do this. And, oh, I can't, you know, then that, that just impacts. And the body will close because then the body will just go, Okay, we have to go into into nurture mode and fight or flight. We have to look after this person because they're feeling scared and they're feeling vulnerable. So we need to go and rest. And so then often labor will stop. Oxytocin is a... I did an amazing course with Michelle O'Donnell and he talks about oxytocin is a shy hormone. So if it's a shy hormone, then it kind of recedes if it's feeling, you know, there's lots of people looking at you or vulnerable or bright lights or you're just feeling like you can't be how you want to be. You might want to be a monkey, you might want to be really quiet, you might want to be really loud, but you might also want to just be nesting. And if you're, so you, that's this whole process of being able to, so the visualization, if you can just really get into that and watch your body internally through your brain, but not in an intellectual way, the oxytocin continues. And I think that for somebody who finds the idea of visualisation quite daunting, there's like ways of training yourself to kind of... So personally, I would listen to a tape that you would give me, like a recording that would kind of take yes. you through this whole opening up feeling like you are yeah. everything is okay because yeah the fear can creep in and I'd listen to it every evening and Gary Motor, who I go and see 
um, also does them. Many people do them. Many hypnobirthing yes. teachers have these visualizations, these positive visualizations. Um, but equally, for somebody who finds that slightly daunting and also maybe a little bit mumbo jumbo, and no disrespect, you know, some people may just be like, ah, uh, it's not for me. I that 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 notion of just breathing and can all get you really really far. Whether you're focusing on that golden thread or um or you're just breathing yeah or you're just breathing you know four in eight out like it can really make the world of difference now let's go let's go on to yoga at different stages of pregnancy um they they recommend um i think it's the nhs that recommend that you shouldn't do yoga classes until you are 12 weeks is it safe to do yoga um, from the beginning or would you recommend to wait until 12 weeks just because that's kind of the statutory thing? Yeah, I think um, if you've had a yoga practice, you could continue to do yoga. I would always, mm. just those first few weeks when the body is just setting up and preparing itself. And in in um, British Will of Yoga, who I'm associated with, we kind of say not to do it between kind of 12 and 14 weeks because all this, this is all varying and changing because that's when the embryo attaches to the uterine wall around that period. And it's just, it's again this kind of thing in the West where we think that we can still continue on and act as normal. And yeah, you can do all of that. You are growing a baby and you, sometimes it's just kind of nice to remember that you're going to, and, and those little first three months are kind of crucial when, everything's preparing but then it's this it's the reason we kind of get a bit nervous about the first trimester is that that's when the the embryo attaches to the uterine wall well i think also too that's the time of when if they're going to be nausea i mean some poor women have nausea all the way through but you know it can be the time when that's when you feel you know your body's just going to go oh god okay now we're preparing to grow a baby so there's so much going on so are there any different positions for different stages of pregnancy or positions that I mean they're, they're things that you try and avoid during pregnancy throughout yeah I would definitely avoid any strong abdominal work there's very very beautiful you know poses like Bhattakanasana where you sit with your can I just show you just to remind you where you sit with the soles of the feet together and knees wide and you can lie on your back to do that and that's a really lovely pose to do in the first 12 weeks because it just sets it's beautiful for all those abdominal organs and also it's really great for your ovaries and womb it's a really lovely pose highly recommend that but I guess you wouldn't be doing that one in the end because you're not supposed to be on your back no you, you would we do it sitting up oh right okay so we would always sit at the wall wouldn't we we have a bolster behind us or you sit with a bean bag and you just sit can sit with your feet together let you know open i mean that's a really lovely one to do because and all the way through your pregnancy definitely in the end you just lean up against the sofa and the cushions you know and you put the soles of the feet together and you just kind of let that whole internal not internal but yeah the inside of the leg so inner groin to inner knee soften and it's just giving a lot of space for your vagina to to have you know really be relaxed and open prepping for bubba to arrive Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips and adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So let's talk about those kind of anticipating labor because mm-hmm. you, you'll have different women and people in your class that will be at different stages of the pregnancy, their pregnancy. Yes. Yeah. But are there any positions to try and encourage labor? And how can you kind of ramp that up? Or, I mean, I'm going to leave it to you to suggest how to do the walks, the Gower Dr. Moto walks. I mean, I don't know how we're going to explain this on a podcast. (laughs) No, that's really interesting. But her walks are amazing. And it's about... So to her walks incorporate, you know, you can be standing up, bend your knees, feet open, and you're just circling your hips, basically. You know, you can be sitting, standing and just kind of, you know, you're waiting for the kettle to boil or you're making yourself something and you're just standing and you just, again, you know, juicy, sexy kind of movements, a bit like dancing. And then, you know, you might do, then she does the figure of eight, so you, then you would just be making the figure eight with your hips. And then she does that lovely one where she puts, if you, you can even do this walking, but you can put one hand on your pubic bone, one hand on your sacrum, and you do that little scoop, scoop, and you travel. You might even just be sitting there, literally, you know, that's that one where you're scooping. Yeah. You're scooping with your pelvis. Yeah, how do you, how do you kind of bend your knees? So you bend, so you, it's like a little mini squat with your feet apart. And you just put one hand on your sacrum, especially just underneath bubble. It's almost like you're holding your, the base of your belly. And then you put your other hand on your sacrum. So one, sorry, one hand on your pubic bone, one hand on your sacrum. And then you just do that lovely scoop. With your, so you're scooping forwards with your butt. It's just like a little rolling mm. kind of squat. You don't want to go deep. Squats you can do when you're pregnant at any time, but you just want to do them really slowly. Yeah. But this, the scooping movement and all of these walks that Gary... And then she does the one which she calls the footballer's walk, or I call it the footballer's walk. She calls it the elephant walk, where you have your hands on your hips and you open your leg out to the side. You see footballers doing it all the time. Yeah, exactly. And, and again, if you think about what you're doing there, you're opening out inner groin to inner knee because, because it's a kind of a half squat. And then, so for instance, in labour, and maybe at any point 
squatting is can opens you up 30 to 40 percent more so that's the the five then the fifth one is she does that funny charlie chaplin thing which actually isn't too hard to explain it's a shuffle like no a it's a shuffle. shuffle you're just shuffling you're a penguin shuffle walking forwards and then you kind of might drop down and do a squat as so you're picking up his hat and then twirling it I mean, it's kind of... <laughs> Listen, it, it sounds completely... We sound completely mad talking about this, but it once you do it, you can actually... And if you're quite in your late stages of pregnancy, you can really feel the baby, like, it to it kind of travel down. Yeah. So if you're trying to get that baby into an optimal position, yeah. you really, by the end of it, you definitely need a wee. And so it can be quite helpful. Yes. But they're great as well because, yeah, you are, you are kind of, you're getting their little head into their, the proper position. And then also late, you know, the end of your pregnancy, you're wanting them to drop. The more that they drop, then they're also encouraging the cervix to open. So, you know, by 38 weeks, if you're doing those type of walks, your cervix might already start dilating. So you might be starting labor and you might already be two or three centimeters dilated. So it's the, that's why the walks are fantastic. Actually, I must remind people when I do the class. Actually, we're chatting now and I'm 38 weeks and I must do that like every... Gary was like, you should do it every hour. I was like, all right, chill out. <laughs> yes, but I she's have got right. other things to do, but yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But so so um, you do these birth preparation classes where yes. you, um, the partner, the birthing partner is invited along too. Now, I know that we're limited with how much we can kind of explain how you do things, but it's very much, um, uh, I mean, because it's so so visual and you kind of, you help people get into positions. But why do you think that those kind of birth preparations are helpful? And are they quite commonplace? Like, do lots of yoga teachers offer this? Um, I don't know. I think more yoga teachers do hypnobirthing. I, I do it because, it's again, it's a very, like, for women doing the yoga, is that if you have your partner coming along, whether man or woman, but suddenly they have a role. And then, you know, it's really nice. To, I always, always start those with the breath where you both kind of nestle into each other and often pregnant mum will, will lean into partner and then they can have their hands on the chest and feel them breathing. And then suddenly they begin to see their role in the process of the birth. And sometimes women don't want to be anywhere near partners, but it just kind of gives the partner a role that, and then all those lovely things where you're learning how they have to stand to squat and, you know, the, the holding of the hips, squeezing of the hips. I was reading something just recently about a woman just talking about her labor, that her partner was squeezing the hips through the contractions and those things because again in in Amaze book she talks about this very gentle pelvic press with hands either side of the hips and you know just learning those tools are really brilliant and I think then that encourages the partner and then also you know like telling them that they kind of negotiate the space so that if no if the he or she will very much understand whether the birthing woman wants to be spoken to or wants to be drawn out. I mean, you don't want to really do that to women. You just want them to to get on with it. But so that suddenly they see their role and then just also just making sure that they're drinking enough, maybe giving them some food every now and then, um, you know, that kind of process of just that they can, they have a role. And so they, they don't feel like they're just watching and not part of it. It sounds almost counterproductive doing that pressure into the hips because I'd imagine that you want the hips to expand so that you have more space for the baby yeah. to come out. However, there is something very satisfying about that pressure mm. and containment 
uh, what I I I experienced it where I I I needed t- constant um, touching yeah. and uh, I needed my my husband's hands on my back the whole time. But can you explain why that kind of pressure pushing into your hips sure. actually helps? When I th- I thought we were always trying to think about expanding and opening. Well, that's the really interesting thing about yoga is that it's about expanding and developing. People always think, oh, you've got to be really flexible to to do yoga, which is, yes, that's great if you are, but most of it is about containing. So you're containing the the skeleton so that it's structurally sound. And so, um, but the pelvic presses, if you think about how the pelvis, we have the pubic bone at the front, you have your sitting bones, and then you have the sacrum. And it's, it is, you think about it, it's, it's a bit like a diamond. Does that make sense? So the pubic bone at the front, left and right sitting bone either side, and anus sacrum at the back. So it's, it's like a diamond, okay? So if baby's on their way out, and, and obviously the sitting bones are part of the, the hips and the if you squeeze, so, and we all have different diamond shapes, but if you're putting pressure on both sides of the pelvis, you're gently making that diamond shape more accessible. It's just a way of, if if your diamond shape is wide and you're, you, you're kind of pushing on it, then you're helping Bubba's journey out in to the the world and a lot of midwives will old it's very old school will will use the pelvic press and it is just this hip so it is about just gently squeezing the hips so you're just opening up helping open up the cervix and those bones for them to come out because as you know they their forehead goes to your sacrum which is the optimum position um, so you're kind of you're helping that process, and the sacrum lifts up beautifully, so that it, it, they they do come out. But yeah, that's why we do the pelvic press. You talk about squatting a lot, yes. and that being a great position. So much so that on my first and second birth, from going and um, um, working with you, actually, and um, from doing the birth prep, my my husband and you know this story, but. Um, my husband had bought a TRX band, which you do not need to bring to your birth. But my husband is a personal trainer and it was like him feeling like he was involved. And I'd been pushing for a very long time and I just wasn't really getting there. And he th- he said like, right, let's try a squat. Because he remembered that, Anne, you'd said, try the squat, like a deep squat. If, you know, try it. And also I think he'd been up for over 24 hours. So I... I used the weight of this TRX band over yeah. the door, which is like, you know, it basically gave um, a kind of tension that I could, because otherwise I would have been holding my husband's arms and which, you know, that could have worked equally just as well. But I think he was probably quite zonked by that point. Yeah. And that was the way that I birthed my first child. Now, the second time I wasn't really getting on with the pool because I just didn't, I kind of didn't make sense to me and I'd love it to, but it didn't make yeah. sense to me. And Sam said, right, get out let's try the let's try the squat and that time we didn't have a trx band and i just hung off him and did a squat and yeah. that's how my baby came out now every baby's going to be different but that yeah. the squat has been very very helpful to me um yeah and i, I, yeah. I was it was it helpful for you for your second birth was it did you do a squat oh absolutely we i was in a squat for the second birth and it was absolutely amazing and literally he was too two big contractions and and literally flew out and my mum was there um my mum just I'm Australian so she was over and 
uh, we're getting to work. And mum said, you know, oh, shouldn't she be lying on her back? And uh, this gorgeous midwife, I had a, a Jessica James was with me. I had, um, and so we had these midwives at home. And um, the midwife said, no, 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 she's fan- it's fantastic what she's doing. And, it's all- and mum said, well, who's with the babies? With the baby, well, you know. And the midwife said, I've caught loads of babies. It's all going to be fine. Just relax. I'll catch the baby. And, it- and, she- and second, you know, second squat, second contraction, he literally flew out into her arms. And then she just, you know, handed him up to me. So, yeah, squatting is amazing. And, again, that's, the- that's almost like doing a pelvic press. I know it is about opening and containing, but your hips are very contained in their sockets. But you just allow that whole area just to yield and open and it's really fantastic um let's talk about postnatal um yoga um when can pregnant people come back to yoga when is it safe to return to yoga and how can it help with the recovery of you know that big day of birth yeah again traditionally it's six weeks after your six week checkup Mm -hmm. just to make sure that everything's okay and you you kind of um I mean I think I know women that if you can just start doing even very small stuff literally on the day post labor you won't be thinking about that at all but maybe the first week you know you're sitting on the toilet going for a wee and you would just gently start squeezing and releasing the pelvic floor you know, you're just stimulating the blood, you're stimulating the nervous system, and you, you, I'm just doing this action as for, but, but it's, um, you know, you just very gently squeeze urethra or vagina, you just begin to get the feeling back in. Yoga classes, you don't really go till, till six weeks, you've had your six-week checkup, if you've had a cesarean, it's 12 weeks, uh, just for the muscles to heal and the scar to heal. And, yeah, again, that's a lovely thing to do because, again, you're just that whole connecting with women in the room and the babies all getting together and just lying out and I don't know it's just such a lovely thing to do and again it's gentle and again we don't kind of you build up the abdominal wall but in a very subtle way you might do things on your back that are very gentle to to build the abdominal wall back you want to wait for the abdominus rectus which is a six-pack muscle to to join back it joins back beautifully um, you don't want to do any strong abdominal until that's joined back. And you can kind of lie on your back. There's, you can look online and there's lots of little ways of testing whether it has joined back. And just being gentle. And I think that's a really interesting process about having kids is it's, we think we're going to do all these things postnatally. And then we realize that, you know, for the first three months, you might be just sitting around going, oh God, how are my breasts and my, <laughs> and, all that, and the lights and, you know, sleep and, that whole thing of nesting and resting. So, yeah, but the yoga is wonderful because it brings a community. And then again, it's another way of just bringing you back into this body that's just had a baby, mentally and physically. I mean, I think mentally it's really brilliant. You're coming into a room with another bunch of women and you can all just be together. It's very supportive. Now, you've got a pregnant... Last question. You've got a pregnancy ball or a Pilates ball in the back ground where we're I chatting have, yes. and I'm bouncing on yes. one right now if there was one piece of equipment um that you would recommend people buying or borrowing would it be the pregnancy ball it would absolutely be the pregnancy ball why I think it's just so and you know I mean I don't think I'm sitting on a chair now 
I very rarely sit down, but if you know, sitting if you're gonna sit, especially if you're pregnant, don't sit on a chair, sit on a ball. And again, that's it you're using your pelvic floor muscles now, Jesse. So you're just, you know Yes, I am, man. That blade of I've, 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 I've cut the whole lawn. <laughs> are you doing this? Yeah, I've plucked. <laughs> the lawn is bare yeah. now. My, but the, the, you've the got a gorgeous back garden. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> But the, that's the ball is great because you're doing. There's all these beautiful micro movements going on in your whole beautiful pelvic floor. So, being on the ball is fantastic. So yeah, that would that's it. And it's also great in labour, isn't it? You can hang off it, you can bounce on it. You can be, you know, when if you get tired squatting, you can kind of sit on the ball. It's just a, it's a great tool. I mean, you see a lot of kind yeah. of people, and they have them in hospitals, don't they? A lot. Yeah, is the bounce. Now, my, my husband says that he's like, why are you bouncing? You don't, the bouncing I don't think is a thing, babe. Does bouncing on a ball help or am I just quite enjoying the feeling? No, bouncing on a ball is fantastic. And it's going to get them, especially now for you, Jesse, at mm. 38 weeks, it's, you know, that it's going to encourage Bubba to get into that optimum position where their little forehead is to your sacrum and they're kind of turning around and leaning over, you know, and it also can be amazing in labour if you're, um, you know, your second stage is kind of long, just sitting on the ball and jumping up and not quite jumping up and down, but, you know, just maybe in between a contraction just for about three minutes, you know, just for three jumps maybe, just boing, 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 where you're just kind of really encouraging them to descend. So balls are great. There's something so centering about yoga that I find that it's like that it is that switch off. You're, you're working on yourself, but you are also relaxing and it feels like you've been to kind of therapy or like, uh, meditation and just to kind of take yourself out of all those worries about whether the scan's going to be okay whether the blood test is going to be okay whether the baby's growth's all right it's just there it kind of time stands still a bit and that idea of being present I think can really really help someone in their journey absolutely and that's why the breath is beautiful because you are you know you're oxygenating yourself you're working with your heart your circulation you're calming down your nervous system your lymphatic system that all those beautiful moves that we do in in yoga that or you know opening up in stimulating the lymphatic system which is really important in in pregnancy i mean there's just so much that yoga does to all those different systems of the body but yeah the breaths and the brain and becoming quiet and your heart and your circulation is just fantastic i just love it hope you found that helpful uh, that conversation with Anne honestly if you do live in Hackney you should definitely go to one of her classes but hopefully you've taken away some ideas that you can maybe use in preparing for the big day we're going to have a visualization with Anne separately that you can listen to and you can listen to it on repeat I can vouch for them I think I find her so so soothing and I used to just listen to it either if I was on the way to work to kind of zone out or if I was going to sleep my husband got very very good at falling asleep to the visualization too snoring in fact before I'd finished the visualization but yeah and Colin Zackroyd there talking about the importance of yoga and just how and also it's not just yoga it's mindfulness it's meditation it's visualization it's so much that kind of hopefully can equip you to feel just a little bit more confident and at ease in your pregnancy and going into birth 
we will see you for another episode thank you for listening Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com